The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We got NFL Week 7 Power Rankings. We're going to be talking a little bit of MLB. We're going to be talking a little bit of NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about life. You're listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. How are you doing, Sam? What is up, my brother? Midweek. Midweek, dude. Midweek. Um, you know, we're one game one game into the World Series. And um, you know, Bavada Sportsbook, I've been in and out of that and all that stuff. And uh, you know, MLB betting, I can never really get my head around it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um but yeah, dude, it's a, it's another week of the grind, like we always say, um, and uh, I don't really kind of know. I, like life is looking a little bit up for me this week. If you can't hear it, I my can voice. tell. I can tell. I can tell in your voice, man. You sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's um. So I, I, out of nowhere, last week, and this is after we record because we record on Wednesdays now, and after that, I got like on Thursday and Friday. Seriously, dude. Like after what? After five months of not even like not hearing anything back on resumes and all this stuff and applying to jobs. You know what I did is I moved away from Indeed and I moved towards um, what's called Flex Jobs and I moved towards ZipRecruiter. And immediately that week, I get like seven calls back between between Thursday and Friday. And I got oh, nice. like another two or three this week. It's like, okay, nice. where were you months ago? Like when I was like, I don't have any yeah. hair left, but if I had it, I'd be losing it, you know? Uh-huh. I'd be okay. Why can't I lose hair off the back, Sam? <laughs> why does it always that's, come out the head? It's God's joke, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for some of us, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's let's just talk about um, the uh, the NFL power rankings. Uh, so, as I always do, let me just kind of go on my roll here, and then uh, we'll loop you back in after that segment's done. Does that sound, buddy? Sounds great, brother. NFL Week 7 Power Rankings. I am paring down my list for the first time this season to 10 teams. Look, we're six weeks uh, into the season. We're now in Week 7. We've seen enough of these teams. It's time for them to put 60 minutes of football together on both sides of the ball. As I always do, I start with the screen of respect. These are teams that did not make my top 10. If you're a fan of any of these teams, please comment below. Tell me why you think they should be on this list and who you think I should take off this list to find them some space. But uh, in no order here, let me just go from uh, from left to right here. The, t- uh, the Indianapolis Colts, 4-2. and two. I have no problem with the Colts other than I haven't really seen the offense look great. It's hard to do that when your top receiving options are injured yet again. The Indianapolis Colts defense is legit. Um, I like like them quite a bit. They might be my favorite defense in the league, but the offense is scaring me a little bit. And to fall down, you know, to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first week of the season and then to almost lose against the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm just not seeing the elite Indianapolis Colts they aren't fulfilling their potential yes I think they have great potential for the season but I need to see it on the field I'm sick of waiting for the potential let's see it uh the New Orleans Saints look you know they're three and two they've had a bye week there's just some better teams that have put it on the field so far but if I have to uh you know wager on one of these teams to win the Super Bowl I gotta say you know the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who beat the Saints earlier this or I'm sorry who lost to the Saints earlier this year and the Saints beating the Buccaneers I like those two teams quite a bit they're both going to be in the playoffs Bavada has as uh, the New Orleans Saints at plus uh, 1,000. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also at plus 1,000. So they're great Super Bowl threats. The Cleveland Browns, I like them, but 
you saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers that they have a flaw. And the flaw is when their running game isn't going, their passing game doesn't do enough to pick them up against elite teams. That's the key here. If they were playing the Minnesota Vikings, if they were playing the Atlanta Falcons, I'm sure their passing game would have done just fine if the run was stopped. But playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, playing the Baltimore Ravens, who both who they've lost to both um, in relatively convincing fashion, that's a problem. When you get to January, when you get to possibly February, you're going to play teams that can stop the run. Baker Mayfield, time to step up. The Las Vegas Raiders, I actually took them off of my list. I think they were 11 last week, but I had them featured. The only reason I took them off the list is because there's some better four and two teams um, that again that have shown it on the field I like the Raiders quite a bit I still predict them to be in the playoffs as I did before the season I respect the run game the defense is better than people think they are the Raiders for the last year and a half I've been betting them because people have been underestimating them I'm not underestimating them this is simply a factor of them. Just I just couldn't fit them in against some other teams that have been putting it together on the field a little bit more convincingly. But look, the Raiders have a tough test against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. The winner of that game will be in the top 10. San Francisco 49ers, I don't want to belittle what this team has done. Yes, they've had a couple wins against the Giants and the Jets. Who cares about those? But beating the Rams last week, and the Rams are in my top list. 49ers fans are going to say, hey, what, you know, what's going on here? Yada, yada, yada. I get it. I like the 49ers. They're getting better offensively. Jimmy Garoppolo has had the ankle. He looked awful against Miami. I wasn't freaking out. He looked better against San Francisco. Let's see what happens this week against New England. Uh, but San Francisco, they've had a pretty nasty um, start of the year other than those couple of gimme wins against the New York Jets, whereas the Rams started off playing against the NFC East. Um, you Four of their four wins for the Rams have been in the NFC East. We'll see what happens. The San Francisco 49ers have an easier schedule as we move forward. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But the NFC West, man, that's a tough division. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, after eviscerating the Green Bay Packers, who, yes, are still on the list. I left them off. Why? Because I had to pick between them and the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bears beat them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the very few teams at this point that I say are a legit Super Bowl threat. I've seen 60 minutes of football defensively. I've seen 60 minutes of football offensively. Even as I'm talking right now, I'm regretting not putting them on the top 10, but that's how it works out. So Buccaneers fans, let me have it, and I think I would would have a hard time disagreeing with you or at least arguing with you because Tampa Bay Buccaneers really looked great last week. And they are only going to get better. They have a high ceiling this year. But let's move into my top 10. Number 10. We'll just start with them. The Chicago Bears, who I like quite a bit, as I said. Now, the Chicago Bears, everybody's hating on them because their margin of victory isn't great. Everybody's hating on them because their offense hasn't looked great. Let's not ignore the defense. This isn't the 28 Chicago Bears defense. Not quite. But this is the second year with Pagano. We expected them to have a a better year defensively. And this defense is good enough to keep them in every game. Don't think that this offense is going to sputter all year long. They will figure it out. Foles is decent enough, and they actually do have some weapons in the receiving game. They'll be okay, and at this point, let's let's be honest about this. The way the season's going to shake out, the Chicago Bears, if they finish um, the last, uh, what, 10 games here, if they finish 4-6, and six, they're probably... Uh, going to be in that seven seed, uh, you know, discussion. If they finish play 500 ball from now on, and they are in the NFC North, they have a good shot. Bovada has them at plus 3,500 to get into the Super Bowl. So, uh, or to win the Super Bowl, I should say. So it's not bad. 35 to one. Los Angeles Rams at number nine, four and two. The loss to San Francisco looked somewhat convincing, but San Francisco was ready to go in that game. It looked like the Rams weren't necessarily ready to go. I like the defense a lot more, but it does concern me. I wouldn't say it concerns me, but it's worth noting that their four wins are against the putrid NFC East. Let's see them beat another team 
outside that division, and we'll move them up the, the list here. The Bears and the Rams play on Monday Night Football. The winner of that game will be uh, moving up. The loser of that game will be moving off the rankings. Number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. What they did to Dallas um, on Monday Night Football, you have to respect what they did. Uh, Vance Joseph keeping the pressure on Sam Darnold, uh, not Sam Darnold, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton. Uh, he could not set his feet all night. He could not find anybody to throw to. I don't think I saw a single ball go more than 10 yards through the air. Um, look, the Arizona Cardinals are legitimate. Their offense is legitimate. And uh, they have a big matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a statement game for both of those teams. Let's see what happens. Uh, Bovada, by the way, has Arizona Cardinals at plus 5,000 win the Super Bowl. So they're still not getting a lot of uh, respect from the betters out there. Number seven on my list. You had to move them down. I'm sorry. Two losses in a row. Buffalo Bills, but I still love the Bills. You lose to the best two teams on your schedule thus far, the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs in consecutive weeks. Well, you have the New York Jets this week. Time to beat a team by 30 points. Let's see it, Buffalo. I'm probably going to be moving Buffalo up the list this week after this game, but I don't want to see Buffalo fall flat. My big concern here is the defense. I keep waiting for them to be that elite Buffalo Bills defense that we all know and love. I haven't seen it yet. The offense is obviously great, but I need to see it from the defense. Number six on this list, probably too low if you're a fan. I get it. You let me know. Comment below. The Baltimore Ravens, 5-1. and one. You can see Bovada has them at plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. That's 7-1, to one, everybody. That's a nice... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice level of respect. My issue with Baltimore as a, f uh, a few teams, they're going to have to deal with Kansas City. They're going to have to deal with uh, the Tennessee Titans who ousted them last year in the playoffs. And they're going to have to deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. We're going to get Baltimore and Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks here, which is going to be great. But my point is... Those teams can probably take away or at least neutralize the run for a little bit, and those teams have the ability to get out to a two- or three-score lead. Lamar Jackson, I'm seeing a lot of 18s of 30s. Yes, your running game is fantastic, but if you can't run and kill the clock in the fourth quarter and you just have to pass downfield, do the Baltimore Ravens, can they play that style of football? I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen evidence of it. I know they can score 35 points in a game, but that's when they're controlling the game. That's when they're controlling the clock, and that's when they're running the ball down everybody's throats. What's going to happen when they can't do that in the third and fourth quarter because they don't have an, enough time to do that? I want to see proof. That's why I have the Ravens down at number six, and that's why I have the Green Bay Packers up at number five. Four and one, Bavada has them at plus. 1800 to win the Super Bowl. And the reason I like them is look, if I have to bet on either Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson to win a Super Bowl, I'm going to go with the guy who's done it before. I think that's very fair. I don't care how the Green Bay Packers looked. Tampa Bay last week, it was a buzzsaw. Tampa Bay coming off a, a pretty tough loss. Green Bay, a lot of stuff had been stacking right for them. Honestly, kind of the momentum. You could see that coming. And when was the last time Aaron Rodgers threw two crippling interceptions on two straight drives, maybe even two straight passes, a pick six, and then a pick all the way down to the three-yard line, which they scored on? That game was over when that happened. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play a little bit better against the Houston Texans this week. So uh, Green Bay Packers, 4-1. I'm not freaking out. Sometimes the team just gets beat. You know, sometimes the team just gets dominated. But it's a good character-building week. I want to see Green Bay come out on fire next week. But I'm not panicking. I'm not going to hit the panic button based on that one game. Number four, the Tennessee Titans, 5-0, and plus 2,200, according to Bovada, to win the Super Bowl. I like the Titans quite a bit. I've liked them last year. I said uh, coming into the 2019 season, what are you doing starting Marcus Mariota? Tannehill should be the guy. They finally made the change. 
You know what I did? I started betting on the Tennessee Titans and I started winning a lot. I've been watching this Tennessee Titans team for years under the Munchak, you know, the the exotic smash mouth and all that stuff. Tennessee Titans only needed a quarterback that could throw the ball downfield. That's the only piece they were missing. That was the only component. Tannehill was that guy. Now, I'll be honest with you, he's better than I thought he'd be. But, um, you know, that's a good problem to have if you're Tennessee. Now, the reason I don't have them higher, um, because they're undefeated, so you're like, hey, there are only three undefeated teams in the league. Why don't you have them in the top three? The only reason I don't have them above the Chiefs is because I haven't seen the defense string it together. And if I'm looking at a shootout game, and yes, I know the Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the last regular season. They lost in the AFC Championship game. And I remember that regular season game. Do you Titans fans? Tennessee couldn't even get a kick past the line of scrimmage. They had a bobbled snap, and then they had a blocked field goal. It's ridiculous. Kansas City probably should have won that game, or at least tied it, or whatever it was. Um, The Tennessee Titans, though, here's the deal. They're top three team in the conference. I have no problem saying that. And I love a team that can run the ball, and I love the team that can pass the ball. Because that means you can win both ways offensively. Unlike, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens or the Cleveland Browns, if the run game is shut down, Tannehill is good enough at quarterback and they have enough weapons to beat you in the passing game. But I want to see the defense fulfill its potential. That's good news if you're Titans fans. From me, from my point of view, that's a good thing. That means you have a higher ceiling. That means you haven't fulfilled your potential. You need to fill your p- potential in uh, in January, and you haven't fulfilled your potential, and you're still undefeated, that's a good thing. Number three on this list is the Kansas City Chiefs, or are the Kansas City Chiefs. They are at 5-1, and one, and you can see Bovada has them at plus 550 to win the Super Bowl, and for good reason. This team, when they play good competition, they play up. You saw them come out flat against the Raiders. Con- you know, congrats and respect to the Raiders. You saw them come out flat against the Chargers, and they might come out flat again, again, again against the Denver Broncos. Remember last year, they were 6-4. and four. I might have even dropped them off my top 10 list. Um, you know, I, I at least flirted with the idea of it. But this is the deal, man. When the chips are on the table, Kansas City, I mean, shoot, we saw in the playoffs. They, would, they only played, you know, one half of football in all of those games, including the Super Bowl. But when they turn it on, they're impossible to stop. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the Kansas City Chiefs. I got to put them uh, number three. And if the playoffs started today, I'd have a hard time not putting them as my number one Super Bowl pick. Just to be honest with you guys, I know they have the loss um, to the Raiders, but I'm not worried about that. They're a really good team. Number two on my list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brad, my co-host of the Get Paid Podcast, called the Pittsburgh Steelers to upset everybody and get in the Super Bowl. I called them to upset everybody and get in the AFC Championship game. I have, the, I still have, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in that AFC Championship game. Brad has the other way. But the bottom line here is the Pittsburgh Steelers are for real. This is a team that went 8-6 and six without Roethlisberger last year. This is a team that is now 5-0 and oh with Roethlisberger this year. Bavada has them at plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl. And uh, I think that's great value, everybody. They're a legit team. Now, they play the Tennessee Titans. The winner of that game, I'm going to tell everybody that winner of that game uh, will be an undefeated, and they will either be number one or tied for number one in next week's power rankings. Just you got to respect these two teams. I do. I don't care if you know who loses because the loser of that uh, Steelers and Titans game is still going to be really high up on the list. But this is a big game. I cannot wait to watch it. Number one on my list, the Seattle Seahawks, who are on a bye week. Bavada has them at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. Um, I, I called the Seattle Seahawks before the season to be the NFC representative of the uh, you know of, of the conference to make it to the Super Bowl. My pick was Kansas City Chiefs versus Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seahawks somewhat of an upset. They're only at plus 1,800. Look, as is the case with the Tennessee Titans defense, this defense is going to get better. They've had a bye week to try to figure some things out. They haven't fulfilled their potential yet. Russell Wilson is playing MVP football. He is my MVP for the first part of the season. Uh, 5-0 and 
Seattle Seahawks, their defense will get better. Um, you can make an argument that the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing better right now, and I think that would be a strong argument, Steelers fans. But either way, these teams are all probably going to have to deal with one another. I love the NFL. I love the football that we're seeing this year. There's a lot to like at the top. Seattle currently reigns supreme at number one. We'll see what happens. Big game against the Cardinals. Steelers, big game against the Titans. Both number one, two, four, and uh, and eight. All four of those teams play each other. So uh, we're going to see a lot of shifting in this top 10 next week. Thanks, everybody. Once again, please comment below. Tell me who should be in the top 10 if you didn't like my top 10. And uh, if you didn't like a team in there, tell me who to take off. I know everybody's going to say Chicago. I disagree with that. The defense is legit. Got to respect the defense. Thanks, everyone. All right, and we're back. Yeah, man, Seattle Seahawks on a bye week. We saw some teams. We saw the Packers lose. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, look, they look great against Buffalo. But what's happened with Kansas City, we talked about this last week. What's happened with Kansas City is they're just, you know, they're just kind of checking out when it comes to playing teams that they... You know, I'm in my opinion, teams that they're not really respecting as much as they should. And it's the NFL, man. Everybody's got talent. The The margins are thin. So you come out, you lay an egg against uh, the Chargers, you escape with a victory. You lay an egg against the Raiders, you escape with a victory. Well, what happens this week when they play the Broncos? Are they going to lay an egg again? But when the chips are on the table and they play the Bills and the, and the Ravens, they get a great effort. So, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't pick yeah, against putzing, them. Putzing through, man. They are. There are. This is this is Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers. This is like, okay, well, let's just wait for the for the uh, postseason and we'll get it going. And this is a team that can do that. So it's going to be interesting. But Seattle holds this spot. And then I got to say, you know, t- uh, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, that game this week is huge for me. Depending on what happens with this game, I might have a new number one. Although if Seattle handles Arizona and, say, Pittsburgh or Tennessee handle one or the other, probably what will end up happening is I'll have co-number ones. Um, right. But uh, yeah, Kansas City. Kansas City's got to show me something, man. I want to see them put like fifty points on Denver. Right. Yeah. Well, that'll be a big one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of the NFL, so funny thing happened to me. I mentioned this in the fantasy football next show uh, during our Dallas Cowboys segment. But okay, so I'm in like ESPN Eliminator challenges, right? You know, the, the you pick one team. If you're not familiar, I'm sure you are. But if you're not familiar out there, um, you pick one team a week. And it's the survivor pool. That team has to win. If they don't win, you're out. And so I'm in ESPN, and I've made it. Now I'm in week seven. But I I noticed probably an hour or two after the Sunday games started that I hadn't picked an eliminator. And it might even been Sunday afternoon because I don't think I had anything that day that I could pick. It was probably like 4 o'clock, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, how did I do that? And so I had to run down and scramble. And first of all, I had to hope that the Monday night football teams were there and available for me. But what's funny is, you know, I think the rule of thumb is you go to, you know, the sports books, right? You go to a Bavada, and you look at who has the worst odds. And from there, you just kind of, you know, pick that as your survival pool. And usually it's the team playing the Jets. But I couldn't do that, man. I whiffed. I would have absolutely picked Miami. I whiffed on that. But actually, that Sam, that's not true. What I would have done is I would have picked New England. So out of my own stupidity, I got a reprieve because New England laid an egg against Denver. And I would have been eliminated. And so what I ended up doing, though, unfortunately, I had to burn my Kansas City pick. And I didn't want to burn Kansas City versus Buffalo, but I had oh, to do it. because you only have, you only can pick, it has to be a different team. Every like week. week. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. So, and and what I didn't realize before, shame on me for not reading the rules, um, but what I didn't realize is that tiebreakers um, come with whoever your picks are and the margin of victory. 
So like the first week, for instance, I picked the Chargers to beat the Buccaneers, and I scraped by on that one uh, thanks to the Buccaneers. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Chargers over the Bengals because that Cincinnati Bengals kicker like missed a chip shot field goal or something at the end of the game or an extra point, right, right, whatever right. it was. So I skated by, but when I looked, I saw my rank. Of course, you're tied for first because I got all my picks right. But then like the tiebreaker, I'm like, you know, thousands down. I'm like, what in the hell's going on? Because I didn't know that, but it's margin of victory. So like all these teams that I'm thinking like, this is the team I'm going to use that pick. And it's still uh-huh. a valid strategy. What I need to do is pick the good teams against the crappy teams um, and plan right. that out for the season so that the margin of victory is, is the biggest. So I'm actually already a foot behind, but burning Kansas City against Buffalo is bad because Kansas City plays the New York Jets in a few weeks. Uh. Uh. But, you know, I have to look at it like I would have probably picked New England to, to house Denver, and I would have been out of it. So, you know, mm-hmm. all things kind of equal. Yeah, true. True. Uh, quickly, I, I know we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, so MLB, uh, last night they played their first game. The Dodgers won. Before the season, I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series. Let me just kind of pull up what Bavada has. Uh right now here what's Bavada got so the Dodgers right now to win the World Series are plus 160 which you'd expect versus the uh, Tampa Bay wow Tampa Bay is at plus 115 so Bavada likes Tampa Bay more than the than the Dodgers which I'm actually a little shocked by uh but like you in the NBA Sam who picked the Lakers um before the season I'm still rolling with the uh, Dodgers they won game one We'll see what happens there, but we're um, LA, we're LA heavy, which is kind of kind of weird. I just thought about this. Yeah, you know, uh, pre uh, COVID, I mean COVID uh, championships. You know, we have the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won. Mm. You know, for and the Lakers won. So Tampa Bay and LA are uh, reigning the uh, <laughs> the championships uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, hey, go figure for that. And not only that, but. I mean, the L.A. Rams are good, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good. And right. both of those teams are in my short list of, of teams that can win the Super Bowl. So that is... That'd be, it's kind of odd how, you know, the these two cities of, you know, L.A. and Tampa Bay are playing each other, and those are the two teams that have won championships so far in other sports. Yeah. In this in this pandemic yeah, what Tampa Bay did to Green Bay last week, um, I mean, they eviscerated a good Packers team. And, and they they came out ready to play. I mean, they Tampa Bay, yeah, Green Bay was coming off a bye week, but Tampa Bay was coming off a long week, too, because they lost on Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. And they lost somewhat embarrassingly with Tom Brady, you know, thinking there was, you know, thinking fourth down was actually third down and all that stuff. And then the Packers. Yeah, having a meltdown on the sideline. <laughs> had a meltdown. Yeah. He had a Sean Ryan freakout, is what we call yeah, he that. He did. He did. Um, then we had uh, we had um, you know, Aaron. Or it was Jamal Williams, a, a Green Bay Packers running back, kind of goading, you know, saying our quarterback knows what fourth down is. Once you see that stuff in the press, I mean, you just don't put that stuff out there. It's just you just mm-hmm. don't do it. Um, right. I mean, anybody could have picked, you know, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to be ready for them. Um, although I didn't. No, I was as I was talking to Brad yesterday on the Get Paid podcast. I was I flipped through because I you know I track the the picks and see how I'm doing right. and all that stuff, and I was shocked to see that I did not have Tampa Bay written down. Like in hindsight, it's the most obvious thing that Tampa Bay is going to cover that spread. I cannot believe that I picked Green Bay. What an idiot! What an idiot! <laughs> I mean, we're doing well in the picks as we always do, but for crying out loud, what a stupid pick that was! Um, hey man, it's a weird year. It is a weird year. 
you know what it is. I do so many of these shows that like, you know, I'll hear one person pick, take Green Bay. And of course, Brad always takes Green Bay week, week after right. week because he's a Packers fan. I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why I do that. I just go to the computers for crying out loud. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Actually, my computers like Green Bay, too. Because Green Bay's been been doing well, but that was just one of those one of those unmeasurable things. You know, Tampa Bay is going to come out with fire. It right. Was a, it was a stupid thing. Let me go pick up the Tampa Bay. Where are you? Let me look at. Let me see what because um, we were just talking about Tampa Bay and uh, and the Rams. I'm curious to see where Bavada has both of those guys um, in the futures. Where are you? Why don't I have the futures up? There they are. Let's see here. So Tampa Bay and the Tom. And I'm telling you, there's what I look for when I'm looking at Super Bowl is I'm looking at um, teams that can play 60 minutes of football defensively and 60 minutes of football offensively. Because you're in the Super Bowl, you know what you're going to get with the pressure and all that. You need to be able to hold teams if your team's coming out a little bit like you know nervous and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know the Rams can do that. The Rams though are at plus four thousand. Yikes. Mm. Those are good odds. And yeah. then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. They're coming down quickly. Tampa Bay Bavada has at plus 1,000. So that's like 10 to 1. And the Rams are at 40 to 1. I think that's good value. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway. So how's your week, man? How's your week going? Oh, man, it's going good. I actually uh, I have some uh, uh, paid time off that I have to use. Oh, that's um, nice. So uh, I, this is my Friday. So, um, oh, very good. Yes, I will. I will be taking a few days off to get some some stuff done that I have been neglecting. So, yeah, um, yeah man, that's always a good feeling. So that Brazilian excited. wax that you've been putting off for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I'm waiting for my uh, my weed whacker to come in. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> have some idea. <laughs> that's how you know you're in your upper thirties, brother. That's how yeah, you know man. it. You're yeah, you're waiting yeah. on the weed whacker to come in so you can do some yard work. That's it, man. Wait, on your vacation. On my vacation. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's that's the dad life right there, brother. Yeah. Well, I, know, I mean, I'm getting, I'm, I'm doing some more work to my tattoo tomorrow. So, oh, okay. Uh, that's, that kind of edges me up a little. There bit. There you go. You yeah. <laughs> a little yard work. A little, little, little tattoo. Um, there you go. So yeah, you know, it's a juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, man, what about you? What's, what's, How's that Chicago weather? Is this? Oh goodness, it's beautiful. I'm sleeping like a king. I love cold weather. And not only that, so my runs are getting better too. Um, Although, like something's going around. Like I'm super compressed because my left foot will fall asleep. (laughs) You know, Mm. on about mile four. So I gotta, I gotta stretch those guys out. But I'm back up to running five miles a day now. Um, I was struggling at three miles at the hottest, at the uh, height of summer. So that's good. You know. yeah, basement work is, is coming in, so I'm going to have like new little studio locations for our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the underdog. That'll be nice. Going to be able to yeah, do some... beautiful. looks beautiful. Yeah, man. Watch parties. Got the plumbers here now putting in, you know, putting in the water and all that stuff, so that's nice. Um, Good, man. I can't wait, man. I know. Wait, all we've got to uh... do is wait for a year and a half um, for <laughs> herd immunity because, you know, people aren't going to be wearing masks. Yeah. So. so at some point, you know. Well, they're not... I mean... Chicago. Yeah, what's what's interesting to me is I, I wonder what would happen if we had another Ebola pandemic, you know, threat mm-hmm. like we did a few years ago. I wonder if people right. would just be like, you know, exchanging sweaters after a run and stuff, you know, just right. like, like what would happen? I'm just really curious about this whole thing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you know how the country is. You just got a bunch of people who just don't believe that it's an issue. Um, yeah, it's all leadership, man. You know, yeah, I agree with that. 
You know, I agree with that. All you know, if, if you try to make it a political topic in an election year, I think it's ridiculous. Um, right, it is all leadership, right. you know. It's leadership, man. It's I don't. Leadership. I, I, it's doing the right thing. Yeah, but it still, uh, you know, uh, but you got to hold everybody accountable, though, because yeah. there has to be some intelligence on on the right in there, and it's just like, what do you do? I mean, literally. What is the downside of trying to wear a mask for a month? That's what I'm I'm wrapping my head around now because I, I've I've come to terms with it's just not going to happen. Genie's out of the bottle. We're going to have to wait for vaccine and herd immunity and all that crap. So well, is, and that's the thing is I see in these you know you know even in these like at these uh, Trump rallies I see people I do see people with masks on. So oh, that's like, good. Yeah. I wonder if they're like the ostracized ones or they're the hired ones you know that are like hey listen yeah it's good do point this you know but i'm wearing a mask it might be a trump mask but i'm wearing a mask i bet i bet you, you know? yeah i bet you it's it's probably i mean i would think that from a pr point of view they probably want to put some in the crowd right because right. What, what that does is then you know in the debates you know biden would be able to say hey you know you're having your rallies you're getting everybody together nobody's wearing a mask blah blah blah, blah. so now they can say mm-hmm. oh, people are wearing masks you know it's basically mm-hmm. that um that ability to duck, you know, bob and weave um, in these yeah. debates. I'm surprised that there's even going to be a second debate. By the way, yeah, me too. Um, Frank, I, I don't know. I don't know why. It, like, if that were to happen, I would. If, if I were Biden, I would just be like, "What's what's the point?" You know, what's. Yeah, I guess you're going to interrupt me the whole time. Like, what is the point? Well, I heard that um, that they're basically only going to have one live mic at a time, which is smart. I think. Okay, good. And, but you know, it's seriously, like, I don't see. I don't. I don't see any upside for Biden to do a debate, tactically speaking. The only thing mm-hmm. you get is you're probably going to get weeks worth of tweets of, of you know, Trump saying, uh, you know, he's ducking me, he's a wuss, mm-hmm. you know, he's weak. Yeah. And yada. So I, that's the only reason I can think of because, look, you, you, know, you know how this country is. You can see it in the polls. For, you know, basically 45% of the right are going to vote for Biden. Or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Trump. And then 46% of the left is going to vote for Biden. And it's all coming down to these 3%. And I don't believe that debates, the debate is really going to sway those guys so much. But, right. you know, whatever. Whatever. I'm, going, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. No point. I know the platforms of everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One person. It's very, you know, it's very old school. Yeah. I don't even know what the point is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember ever watching a debate. I ever really got anything out of. Uh, you know, I think I watched the Obama versus McCain debate because I liked both of them, um, mm-hmm. and so I probably what if I like both candidates, then I'll I'll watch the debate. I guess I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, like I might have watched Bush versus, um, the second Bush versus uh, what's his face. Um, gosh, I can't Don remember Perry? his name. Sorry. Kerry? No, the other one. The guy who was a vice uh, president under Clinton. I can't remember his name. Al uh, Gore. Thank you, Gore. I couldn't remember that. I could tell you basically everything else about the guy. You know? <laughs> internet guy. <laughs> yeah, the, hey, you've been the internet. How do I not know? Yeah. The whole reason yeah. we're in business right now. That's Al Gore, right? But <laughs> I always forget about I always forget that he invented the internet. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, yeah Al Gore. Inconvenient truth. From Tennessee, can't carry his own state. I remember Al Gore. What was the name? Trisha Trisha Gore. So that's why. Oh gosh, who cares? Feel like it. No, it's it's something like Temper or something like Tempest or Tipper Tipper Tipper, tipper Gore. Gore. Yeah, and she I was like the one who was uh, all about um, um, uh, trying to regulate uh, art artistry um like profanity on albums and mm-hmm. and all this and it went to freedom of speech and you got twisted sister or whatever yeah, coming in yeah, yeah. And, 
Yeah. Anyway, I went to I went to uh, uh, a fifth grade with his niece, Caragor. No yeah, mm. and she was there like when he got elected. I mean, that was kind of cool. Oh, that's kind of yeah. It's interesting. Something to talk about, right? Big teeth on that girl, but yeah. Maybe she grew into him. <laughs> I, I'm hoping so. I mean, we know some people that sort of have. You know what's interesting is veneers. Um, like when people gooch. get veneers, it's like it, their their mouth grows. You know. Yeah. Like I, so I got out to Gooch. Does he have veneers? No, but his ex wife does. Oh. <laughs> did he pay for him? Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'm gonna rub that salt. Well, nah, that's that okay. Salt. He made out in the long run. Yeah, he sure did. He sure yeah. did. Um. Oh, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about buried treasure with you, man. Okay. Um, so I've been watching this on the History Channel on my Roku. Been watching uh-huh. this, uh, the Curse of Oak Island, and uh-huh. I can't get I can't get enough of this show. I yeah, can't. I got I'm gonna get on that, man. Yeah, this, I don't. Maybe this weekend when I don't have as much going on, I'll try to get on that. You know, it's I don't know if it's one of those things where you and I would have to watch it together for it to really resonate. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna hold your attention, but it holds mine. I'm gonna tell you a couple things to watch out for. Um, okay. because I actually watch now for the, it, there's one season on Netflix, but I watch it now because there's only one season. I watch the other seasons now on the history channel. Okay. And I think those season on Netflix is like season five. So I think I'm on season six or it's something like that. Maybe it's season uh-huh. four. And, so anyway, long story short is there's this Oak Island. There's a legend that pirates year, like hundreds of years ago, like 16, 1700s or something, um, quickly buried some treasure on the islands. Um, and a number of treasure chests, right? Uh-huh. They buried, like, throughout the island. There's a landowner who was a pirate, um, you know, a well-known pri- pirate, had a few lots in the land. Well, anyway, the legend goes is that, like, you know, some people who were just kind of on the water, they saw, you know, some lanterns, and they saw, like, you know, a pirate ship basically leave the harbor. And so they went to the islands, knowing that it was vacated, and they saw some disturbed mm-hmm. ground. They they unburied it, and you know they had like one or two chests worth of like buried treasure. And so the idea is that there's um, there's still some left on the islands, and there are these people. I don't know wh- where they get the money because they're like it's pretty intense digging, dude. Like mm-hmm. you know they're boring like fifty inch holes and putting pipe like one hundred and sixty feet into the ground, oh, heavy really? duty machinery. Like this isn't like people with shovels. This is like they're, they're like this is an industrial project. What they did right. this season that I'm watching now is they actually put a barricade. What they call it, I think, a coffer dam is what they call it, a mm-hmm. steel barricade over a harbor that's like longer than a football field, um, and they pump the water out. Like that's and they and they 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 drilled or they pounded this um, the steel fencing into the bedrock like 26 feet below. Wow. So this is like pretty intense stuff. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's a part of me that really likes kind of construction and, and industrialism and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I like watching that, as you know, because I used to watch the hell out of that when we lived together, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. But um, you got these guys, like, where's all this money coming from? Because it's not the History Channel putting this money no, into the show. they probably took a loan out and hoping that they're going to recruit whatever that they're, uh, you know, they're getting. Well, these two guys it's probably I, private in, or private investors. I think like, it's private investi- investors, yeah. and I think it's the guys that own it because there's one brother there, the younger brother. There's like two leaders on this show, and it seems like the leader of the Oak Island thing is the more passionate one, and it seems like he has money, but I don't think he has as much money. And then the younger brother, and then the younger brother's friend. I guess they've been lifelong friends. They're at a Traverse City, 
and they have some kind of construction business and putting because I've never done any research on it, but putting the clues together, I think they install um, like giant windmills. So I think they have some okay. money. But I'm serious. Like every season, there's like millions of dollars flowing out. Like the season on Netflix, they spent two mil yeah. and probably went over budget. They're, they're th millions of dollars are flowing out. That is not coming from the History Channel. It's too much. No. I'm sure no, they're putting yeah. some into it, but not right, that much. Right, right, So anyway, so they're doing this, and in the midst of this, you know, they're trying to find stuff. A couple things that I just find funny, um, I'm sure they don't find it funny, but it never works. <laughs> I mean, it never works. They'll get so like... on season six, have they like found anything? They found, they, they, they have found stuff. They've found like a gold coin. They found a brooch um, on, on one of the seasons that I watched. Spoiler alert: They found like a cross that dated back to like dark ages, like even Rome. Um, mm. it, so you know they do carbon dating; they can do some stuff. But who knows when that was deposited, right? You know, it's not uh -huh. like so. But what but what happens is they find this cross. They get it carbon dated. It takes like ten episodes for them to get the information back because there's not a lot happening on the island. So there's always like right. these conjectures, and I love the narrator. Because he's always like, is does this mean that Romans were at America's four hundred years before Jesus was born? Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's always that like there's you get that the entire episode, which I eat up. I think that's funny. And so like, you know, the likeliest scenario is that it was made. It was probably a family thing, and some guy dropped it in the water in like eighteen fifty or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like the the piece itself is old, so it's always this conjecture. And like on another episode, there's like the stone that they found, and it's like. It was called, what was it called? It's like some, some stone. It's called the Infinity Stone. It's not really that, but. Uh, <laughs> so they find it, and so, like, there, there's been this big season-long search, and they finally, quote-unquote, found this thing in a basement. Just sitting out in the middle, like, in the middle of it. It's a basement with some initials on it, and the guy brings this slab. So they show us, like, an etching of what the stone used to look like because there are pictures of it when they found it, but the stone mm -hmm. went missing, right? And so now in the season, they come back, and they're like, we found it. It was called the 90-foot stone. We found the 90-foot stone. And so they put it on the table, and it's just a block of granite with nothing <laughs> on it because there's supposed to be etchings and stuff. There's nothing on it. So anyway. Oh, man. So it's a bunch of it, it, it because here's my here's my take on the show is something happened there. There's too much conjecture. I, I I'm sure there was something buried there, but it's that island's been picked over, man. Like I think uh -huh. you'll find some coins, and they found some really nice coins and stuff, but not 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 ten million dollars worth of coins, which is probably what they <laughs> sunk into this venture. But right, you know, people have money; they want to spend their money doing something. Look, dude, if mm -hmm. I was if I was making twenty mil a year and I wanted to spend a million dollars to find buried treasure, you know, I would do it. Yeah, I know you would. My whole dream, as you know, Sam, is to is to make enough money to live on a beach and get a metal detector and sweep that beach, sweep that <laughs> beach after a storm, find some find some gold, find some buried treasure. I love it. I love the idea of it. Some gold doubloons. I love it. Some medallions. I'm into it. Some and another stuff. Yeah. Another angle. I think he was new on the season in Netflix, so he's definitely going to be on there. They have a metal detector guy, and I think he's Australian. But he's either Australian, uh, South African, or like English, but I'm pretty sure he's Australian. And <laughs> one of the dynamics I love is because of laws, you can't just like metal detect and dig willy nilly. Like there's architectural, uh -huh. if you find something, the government regulates it. It's the Canadian government that mm. owns Oak Island. So they have to bring in an archaeologist, or um, what are they called? Um, archaeologists. Yeah. So the metal detector guy will sweep. 
and he'll find something and he'll pull it out and he'll be sitting right next to the archaeologist and he'll give you a rundown of everything, like the whole history of the, basically what the archaeologist does and the archaeologist just sits there and I picture him, I picture him thinking like, you mf'er. Like, you're stealing my lines. That's the first thing. And he's probably wrong about a bunch of stuff, and the archaeologist knows it. But he doesn't right. roll his eyes on camera, but his whole body disposition is he's rolling his eyes the whole time. Right, right. So right. I like that quiet, unsaid conflict. I find this very, very amusing. <laughs> and very interesting at the same time. I'm into it. I got to check it. You got to check it. I love these things. There was another show I told you to check out that I thought was pretty good. I can't remember what it was. Um, maybe it was that horror show. On Netflix, I can't remember. What haunting? Maybe, maybe that. I watched that. I oh, watched is it good? That. Oh yeah. Did you oh. see the first first season? No. Oh man, it's so good. Okay, watched so the first season, bro. I... And then the second season, it's it's kind of cool because like where it picks up, like it's not the same characters. It's not. It's the same actors, but they play different characters mm. in a whole different story. Okay. But it's kind of cool. But like when I I thought the second season because they don't give you much information, I was like, wait, this girl, but she's not going by the same name. I was like super confused. And then like I looked it up, I was like, oh okay, it seems like they're just gonna do this, like kind of use these same actors to tell different stories. Mm. But they're really good. It's really creepy. The first season is a lot more like. Are you talking about creepy. the one in the house? Yeah, haunting a hill house, and then the second one. Okay. Is, Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh. So they're they're doing the same thing that – because the guy that ran Glee ended up doing like an American haunting and all those stuff. It's not that same show, but they do the same concept. They keep the same actors, Mm. and each season is – This one's creepy, man. It looks creepy. creepy. It looks creepy. creepy. So I can't watch that with my wife, though. It's it's too much for her. The first one's a lot more creepy. The second season, which you don't need to follow in any mm-hmm. kind of sequence, um, you could go to the second season first. That one's just a lot more suspenseful. Mm-hmm. It's not like horror or creepy. Like it's just, I mean, it's kind of spooky because it's just an old English like castle, and it kind of like has it has like demons and I mean it has like ghosts and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like as much as the first one. Sure, the first one's like has a lot of like much more effed up stuff. So, right. yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, man, it's really good. Check it, especially in the Halloween season. Yeah, Check yeah. It. gotta look into the Halloween stuff. All right, man. You got anything else, man? I think we could probably no, tie the man. episode up there. I think everyone be good. Wear a mask, man. Yeah, can turn a two year problem into a two month problem if you just you know suffer yeah, the suffer the cloth. That's it, brother. <laughs> suffer the cloth. It's just, but you know, it is. You know, it's not going to happen. I have no faith. We'd rather argue about it. <laughs> exactly what's kill what's what's crazy is like you know the the people that argue about it and say it's a hoax and like all this stuff like the, the hoax people or the conspiracy theory people it are always interesting to me because what it boils down to to me and i know we're, we're closing the show out here what it boils down to me is people people really think that the world revolves around them there's no really no other way like do you really think that every country that ha- that is opened back up that they would close their country down. This is how stupid this whole idea is to me. They would close down their country. Europe is going to close down their economy for two months and and wear masks and, and socially distance and do that. Uh, but they're not really going to do it, right? They're going to they're gonna be out there. They're just going to put that on the news because they want right. to bring down the Republican Party in, in the United States of America. This is what people think. 
I mean, I don't think they think in that level of, of granularity. I think they just are like, oh, it's a hoax. And then that's the one thought that they have in their head. And then they're thinking about boobs or something like that, which I can, I can identify with that. But the idea, and, and, and it's not just like this, it's, it's everything else. The conspiracy theory people, they think that the world is out to get them or their small niche group. Nobody cares about you. And I'm going to say this too. Nobody cares about me. And let me be very uplifting here. A hundred years after you die, everybody, you, Sam, me, everybody listening to the show, a hundred years after you die, nobody's going to give a shit about you. Nobody's going to remember you. You're going to be a line on a census record. You're going to be an entry in a family tree. That's it. Nobody cares. I don't understand why this is such a tough, tough thing for people to, to wrap their head around. Nobody cares enough about you to put that effort into creating a conspiracy. Nobody cares. Where does this come from? They're out to get me. They're out to get me. What is that, Sam? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, wear your mask. I'd like. I mean, i'd I'd like to. I'd like to go out and you know go to a bar and again. It, my my county is restricted, um, so we can't go to restaurants. Not that I have been going or anything, but I'd like that again, man. I miss that. Restaurants is my thing, man. I love going out. Yeah, man. Love going to see movies. Can't do that. Business is going uh, closing down and everything, but it's all a conspiracy. It's all a conspiracy to get us to wear masks for two months, and then what's going to happen? The aliens are going to come down and butt probe us. Like, what is it? This is the conspiracy. Is everybody? Everybody's going to do all this stuff to force you to wear a mask for two months. <laughs> well, yeah, and how many people need to be in on it? <laughs> yeah, right. The, the organization, and there's no leaks, right? In today's like twenty four seven news site, not a single right. leak. And this is all, this giant conspiracy is all designed to make you wear a mask for two months. <laughs> we gotcha. It's like the underwear gnomes in South Park, where it's like step one, steal underwear. Step two, question mark. Step three, get money. This is the conspiracy. I don't, we don't know, we don't know what evil desire wearing this mask. It's going to train us to be subservient. So we have to stand up and not wear the cloth. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna show you, Europe and Canada, and Australia, who's had like 14 cases, and South Korea. I'm gonna show you. I'm not gonna wear that cloth for two months. I know better. I love the end game of these conspiracy theories too. It's a conspiracy. They want us to wear masks. Uh, for what? <laughs> okay, for what? What do they get out of it? There's some guy twisting his nipples because you're you're covering your nose. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, close the show out, man. You have a good week. Everybody out there, have a good week. Be good. Be good. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, who they be? Sports in real life. They got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports calling. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. 
repping the 407 Old Town. And 9-4s when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are 